0: All right, our reading for today is the 11th chapter of Matthew. If you haven't already read it, go ahead and read it and then listen to this podcast. And um, Matthew 11 is an interesting chapter and it has some uh, famous phrases and sayings in it. It also has sort of some difficult words in it, so it's really worth our careful attention. So let's note some things and uh, we'll start with this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Um, This chapter begins with John the Baptist making sure that Jesus is who he thought he was. He says that in verses two and three. He wanted to make absolutely sure that Jesus was the long foretold and long awaited Messiah. And in verses four to six, Jesus gives him assurance and turns to the crowds so that they too understand who he is and he he does so by making sure they understand who John the Baptist was and 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 what the Bible had already said what his role would be. Jesus tells the crowds that John the Baptist wasn't just some eccentric guy out in the wilderness that, that was interesting to look at and listen to, verses 7 and 8. He, he was He was a prophet. That's the first part of verse 9. In fact, he was more than a prophet. That's the second half of verse 9. Why and how was John the Baptist more than a prophet? Well, John the Baptist was more than a normal prophet because he himself was prophesied about. I mean, what I mean by that is nobody prophesied that Isaiah would come. (laughs) And, you know, the prophets just prophesied. They themselves weren't prophesied about, but John the Baptist was. Jesus points out that the Old Testament prophet Malachi prophesied hundreds hundreds of years earlier Not only the coming of the Messiah, but also the coming of the last prophet who would prepare the way for that Messiah. That's in Malachi 3.1. John the Baptist is that last prophet himself prophesied about in the Old Testament who came to to announce the arrival of the Messiah. The, The very appearance and ministry of John the Baptist, as we mentioned way back in Matthew 3, is a flashing sign meant to alert everyone who is willing to accept it accept it that the savior and lord has come verse 14 if you're willing to accept it that's what verse 14 says and Jesus tells the crowd in verse 15 he who has ears to hear let him hear you might that may sound familiar if you come on sunday mornings that's almost always part of my prayer before teaching on Sunday mornings is, Lord, give us ears to hear. And do you, have, do you have ears to hear? What does that even mean? Well, to have ears to hear means you understand the significance of what John the Baptist came to announce. And so your heart is ready to receive it. And I hope we have ears to hear and hearts to receive the truth that a Savior has come. Here is another truth to consider in this chapter, and that is this, sin makes us Irrational. Sin makes us irrational. What does it look like when we don't have ears to hear? Well, it looks irrational. Jesus makes this point in verses 18 and 19 when he indicts many in the crowd for their response both to John and him. He says in verse 18, John came neither eating nor drinking and they found some way to find fault and criticize him. And then Jesus came then eating and drinking and they still weren't satisfied and found fault. The point? Sin hardens our hearts and causes us to find any reason we can find, no matter how irrational and stupid, to disbelieve the word of God. God didn't merely raise up John the Baptist as a prophet, but foretold it hundreds of years before. God always keeps his word, and every word he speaks is truth and brings about his purposes. That's what's the lesson for us. Trust what you read in God's word. Jesus has come. Savior has come. Lord has come. And his coming, as long promised and foretold, puts a claim on us to acknowledge him, and love him, and revere him, submit to him, and follow him. Again, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Here's a third truth to see in this chapter. Knowledge brings greater accountability. After Jesus talks to the crowd about the significance of John the Baptist and his role in Announcing the arrival of the Messiah. Jesus warns those who have heard his teaching and seen his mighty works. And yet still, verse 20, they did not repent. Jesus condemns the people in the cities of Chorazin and Bethsaida for for this in verse 21. And even says that he knows that people in other cities, uh, that is Tyre and Sidon, twenty one and twenty two. He knew that the, the, the people in those cities would have responded to Jesus in repentance and faith. For this reason, Jesus says the judgment against those in Chorazin and Bethsaida will be much harsher and more severe because of the knowledge that they had and still rejected it, verses 22 and 24. Peter delivers the same warning to us in Second Peter 2, 20 and 21. And here's what we read in those verses. 2 Peter 2, 20 and 21. Peter says, For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if they are again entangled in them and overcome, their last state has become worse than the first. For it would have been better for them never to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy commandment delivered to them. Now, Jesus is not saying or Peter's not saying that those who never hear are totally with uh, free from judgment or totally without sin. But he is saying there is an additional measure of accountability based on the knowledge that we have. So take the word of the Lord seriously. Follow hard after Jesus. Don't be led astray by attraction to the world or by the distractions of your phone even. God's judgment will be worse if you turn away, but his reward will be greater and everlasting if you stand firm. And here's the final truth. If you know Jesus, give thanks. This chapter ends with one of um, our favorite passages in all the Bible. It's Jesus' gracious invitation for the people to come to him and, in verse 29, find rest for your souls. But we often don't, as has often paid close attention to what Jesus says immediately prior to this invitation. Uh, That that invitation being, uh, come to me all who labor and find rest for your souls. He says in the verse before that, in verse 27, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. The invitation extends to all, and everyone who accepts his invitation, uh he makes sure that they understand that it was God who drew them to faith. Jesus will say the same thing in John chapter 6 in verse 37 and 44. In verse 37, he says, All that the Father gives me will come to me. And verse forty, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And again in John six, sixty five, saying This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. Why does Jesus emphasize this so much? Because salvation from beginning to end is a gift from God. And as the multitude in heaven will sing for eternity, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, Revelation 7.10. It is he, Philippians 1.6 says, who began a good work in you. And it is he who will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So give thanks to the Lord for his inexhaustible depths of mercy to us. Even when we were dead in our sins, we were dead. We didn't make ourselves alive. He made us alive, Ephesians 2, 5. So we say again, Hallelujah, what a Savior.